It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back for another Lakers snack pack. It's Gerald Glassford along with the Magic Man of the Morning host. And I'll tell you what, Mr. Sean Grice deserves all the credit for gutting it out this morning. Hopefully everyone out there is having a great weekend coming up because the Lakers are coming up Saturday with an all-important Game 3. Blue Magic, we're holding up. Kind of tired, not feeling the greatest, but you know what? We're, you know, it's going to get a lot better coming up on Saturday as we get more energy, more energized for a great game Saturday night as the Lakers host game three against the Memphis Grizzlies. Sean is truly a legend. Absolutely gutting it out. He needs to know his energy secrets. Absolutely. So do I. We'll go ahead and maybe talk about that a little bit. But Magic Man in the morning host, Sean Grice. Great to have you here, my friend. Wanted to ask you first when it comes to what we're talking about right now, the main source of commentary after game two in between game three seems to be the continual comments that were made by Dylan Brooks after the game on game two and how it's having this residual effect across social media about he's too old. Uh, he, I don't respect anyone until they drop 40 on me. If you look at the numbers, ESPN put out a tweet earlier today that says he is dominating LeBron James, the matchup on Dylan Brooks. So if I was Dylan Brooks, I wouldn't exactly want to get the old bear mad, so to speak. I think that was also referred to as well. But when it comes to what we're seeing with LeBron James, he just had a press conference earlier today. The Lakers media were able to go ahead and talk to him real quick. He kind of ended it short, but basically said he is tired of all the BS that Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies are putting out, and he's just ready to play game three on Saturday. Yeah, Gerald, he, he really is. Um, it, it seems like Memphis wants to try and, and win this series uh, through the media and through uh, disinterested slash, uh, you know, disparaging uh, comments and tweets. And, yeah, if you look, if you dig deep, LeBron has shot 12 for 19 against Dylan Brooks' series. So that's, you know, you're talking about somebody who's shooting well over 60% against you. And he's averaging a triple-double against you as well. So I think um, 
I think with Dylan Brooks, he's just he's writing checks that he's hoping guys around him to cash because he can't cash the kind of uh, the kind of uh, smack talk that he's dishing out, Gerald. He really can't. Uh, his game is more uh, like Stone was saying the other day. His thing, his game is a point attack defender, and if he can give you twelve to fifteen points a game, then that's uh, that's uh, a really great Dylan Brooks performance. But he's not. It's not as if it's going to be a one-on-one situation here, which is what I think Dylan Brooks is trying to do. He's trying to bait LeBron into just going into volume shooting mode against him to distract away from uh, his other teammates. I, I think it's foolish. Um, you know, LeBron's too smart to play these kinds of uh, stupid games. So I happen to think that, you know, when he plays stupid games, he wins stupid prizes. I think Dylan Brooks is in for a stupid prize tomorrow. I think that LeBron is motivated to play better in game three. I think that, you know, the thing what it comes down to is that he shot well overall, but his three-point percentage was absolutely abysmal. He shot way too many threes. When he, you know, he was not feeling it he's got to learn to lay off the three when he's not really feeling it from outside instead of becoming reliant on it and go more inside you talked about points in the paint uh, in earlier earlier episode of the magic man in the morning and i actually corrected you as 50 to 50 was the the thing but you pointed out correctly and very astutely that that was through three quarters it was the the grizzlies dominating in the paint inside it was the lakers coming back in the fourth quarter there but when it comes down to it, the Lakers had to be more aggressive. They were matched free throws, which is something the Lakers shouldn't be doing. The Lakers need to be ahead in the free throw column because they cannot count consistently being better than the Grizzlies from behind the arc because that's what we saw. The difference right there was that they matched points in the paint. They matched free throws, but the Lakers did fall four three-pointers short than what the Memphis Grizzlies were doing. And that's basically what the Memphis Grizzlies, how they won was right there. But be that as it may, I think that LeBron has to be more aggressive driving to the basket, not worry about Triple J. If he means a block or two to get a couple fouls or two on Triple J, I think that's all the more better. I agree, Gerald. I agree 100%. I I think um, I would gladly trade uh, you know, a poster block for uh, Triple J foul, 100% and twice on Sunday. So I, I think that's that's motivation enough. You're right, Gerald. He needs to go back to the bread and butter of what makes his team successful on offense. And, and you've pointed out throughout the year, when you have opportunities in transition to score easy points, you need to take advantage of them especially with a team like Memphis who just loves to live between the two circles running as fast as they can. So if you can, if you can match them in the paint for three quarters and then we get into the fourth and it tightens up, I really think it's a, it's a foreshadowing of how the Lakers can just take advantage of their strengths and put their stamp back on the series. So we're up to one. By the way, Tears of Joy says it loves the energy that we bring. And uh, Magic Man in the Morning is a joy to watch. Absolutely, especially when you're gunning it out like you did this morning, my friend. Once again, it is 
the Lakers Snack Pack. It is Magic Man, Sean Grice, and Gerald Glassford here bringing you a little bit of an update on what's going on with the Lakers for Game 3. Game 3, if you want to go ahead and check it out with us tomorrow night, it is playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And, of course, the post-game show right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Want to go ahead and ask you this, Magic Man. Some of the things that have got to be tweaked. I mean, yes, we do need to step out on Bain and Kennard primarily on those shooters, but also we got to find ways in which to not make Xavier Tillman so successful inside. He found really a lot of success on the Lakers inside. AD, I know it was uh, something was talked about. A lot of people were talking about him playing Triple J a little bit more like I had asked, and it not being to the, uh, I guess, the strength that the Lakers were playing, but you pick your poison. Do you want Triple J to beat you or do you want someone else? I am not banking on Xavier Tillman like a lot of people were not banking on Rui Hashimura to have two 20-point games in a row. I am not banking on Xavier Tillman to do the same thing twice. I don't think so either, Gerald. I think that was a, that was a small crack that uh, Taylor Jenkins found a way to take advantage of um, outside of, of Bain's... Um, efficiency he's also uh, you know he's also improved dramatically uh as to where he can get his points on the floor both him and Tyus Jones have loved that uh, that pull up Jay Gerald and it just seemed that we were falling into these traps where we didn't want to com- over commit uh with drop coverage but again uh because of that li- that small little instance in in a in defensive lapses with coverage Tillman was able to be able to go downhill and take advantage of it. I think the Lakers uh, paint paint coverage and paint defense will be a lot more um, pristine and uh, crisp rather than allowing someone like Tillman to take advantage of those mistakes. One thing I did want to ask you in regards to another player who needs to step up tomorrow night is D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell, as Daniel put it, sucked. He actually played awful on on Wednesday's game, game two. And since then, he's made some very curious comments about saying he is not a point guard, but a basketball player. So you can take that for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says that's what his role on the team is, is that he's a basketball player with this team, not really a point guard. I don't know how to what to make of it, but. For a player that is wanting to earn $30 million or may ask for up to $30 million a year in the offseason, which I don't think he deserves, I, you know, even if he steps up his game for the entire playoffs, I really don't think that he's, he's worth it. But your thoughts on this, my friend, really curious comments from D'Angelo Russell coming at a most inopportune time for the Lakers. Uh, absolutely, Gerald. Absolutely. Um, a, a bit uh, mercurial and, and somewhat cryptic remarks, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, if if he's if he's in a way saying, you know, I'm not I'm not the lead guard in this offense, I can. OK, I can kind of see your point there. Um, but he didn't really like you said, Gerald, he really didn't expand on that answer and and maybe it was uh, an opportunity there for whoever posed the question to uh ask him a follow-up about uh, you know can you clarify what you mean by that because in you know 
when it comes to the offense right now, he can't be the lead guard. He's just he's not producing um, at a level where you would want him as your lead guard or your point guard, so to speak. Um, in 13 playoff games, uh, he struggled to shoot over 50% drilled. And uh, I, I think a lot of his mojo uh, comes when he really is, is hitting those pull-up threes. Um, so I really think it'd be, it'd be incumbent and I would implore him, um, you know, if I was his other teammates, just get open, man, just move around the court and we'll find you because whatever, whatever you're work, whatever you're working on right now, when you're in against Kennard or you're in against Jones, it's really not working. So I, I really want to see D'Angelo Russell move without the ball to try and get himself going, Gerald. Rather and than it, and if he it. plays Kennard like you talked about, he needs to step out just a couple steps more. It doesn't matter. He, you yeah. know, if he's not going to play help defense, that's fine. Stay out on Kennard. Make sure you don't have, you know, and if he gets the ball, make sure you make him drive. Simple. Yeah, simple. exactly, Gerald. That's all you want from from the guys up there. Make put let allow him to be an honest defender. And if Kennard wants to put it on the floor and try to attack and same the thing, Bane. Yeah, definitely. I can live with that. If they want to put the ball on the floor and try to attack in the paint with uh, LeBron Vando and uh, AD, go for it. Also here today, good man indeed. He is one of the great parts of our playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break community. It is Nick Molina Jr. And Laker Nick is here. Laker Nick, great to have you back, my friend. I wanted to ask you this. We're talking about D'Angelo Russell. We're, we talked about LeBron, and I'll give you, uh, I'll let you run it back, your thoughts on LeBron here in a second. But when it comes to D'Angelo Russell, he had some very curious comments about on this team, he is not a point guard, but a basketball player. Your thoughts on if that's like LeBron cryptic style verbiage before game three and also before he heads out on free agency. Yeah, Gerald, and uh, it's great to be here. It's great to be with the Magic Man and uh, be sharing this space with both of you. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of those comments by D'Lo, uh, Gerald. Um, I mean, they are very cryptic, to say the least. Um, I'm not sure if he's trying to say that he just doesn't, uh, you know, fit with this team in a point guard role, and he just doesn't feel like he has the leeway or the or the reins to really handle the offense here. Um you know, we know that LeBron, no matter which point guard is on his team, he effectively does turn into the de facto point guard as games wear on. And that could be a uh, a, a slight uh, critique or dig or something to that effect uh, against LeBron. Um, that said, I mean, as others have uh, mentioned both on the panel and in the chat, um, you know, D'Lo's game has uh, has just declined or has not been the same since he came back from the injury. Um, I'm not sure if he is uh, fully healthy at this point. You know, I know that the Magic Man and I had previously discussed the possibility of someone like Dennis actually starting in place of like then D'Lo. Um, I'm not sure how you, Gerald, would feel about that. Um, I'm not sure if I'm ready to make that drastic move at this point. But uh, anyways, yeah, D'Lo definitely I, I needs to step up. I wouldn't coming off of that bad performance by Schroeder. Not yet. Not yet, anyways. Yeah, I, th I think I'm with you, Gerald. Um, and, and aside from D'Lo, I mean, from the backcourt, I mean, in the last game, in game two, we saw Austin Reeves, unfortunately, kind of shrink 
um, under the limelight, and he, he couldn't was not replicate. Him. Yeah, he could not. He was not him, and he could not replicate. You know the the effective performance he had in game one. So hopefully he's able to rekindle that for game three on Saturday, and LeBron, um, you know, takes Dylan Brooks's uh, uh, fuel that he's added to the fire, and you know, creates something magical. And that's something I wanted to touch on. Magic Man and I already commented on it's the the comments earlier today from LeBron. He just he's tired of the BS. He's tired of the old man, the bearer stuff, and all the stuff that that Dylan Brooks was dishing out after Game Two on Wednesday, and said he doesn't respect him until he drops forty on him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The statistics on that ESPN sent out earlier today on a tweet shows that he is playing very well on dylan brooks is this something that we could see as a, a you know we, one of the magic words on the we say pardon the pun magic precursor for something we could see as a Le, big lebron performance in game three on saturday absolutely gerald i mean so far um you know it's been uh, a playing game and two official playoff games but we haven't yet actually seen a vintage classic you know all-out lebron performance and i think that lebron is set to do that i think he's up for it i mean in spite of his near 40 years of age um you know i think he could still have uh, moments of brilliance and games that you know he could recall the lebron of a decade past so i think uh, all of that is very 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 possible and i'm hopeful that you know, uh, Dylan Brooks's uh, disparagement really motivates LeBron to go all out. Daniel said, LeBron poster on Brooks. If that happens and they make a poster of it, I would be taking down one of those posters behind me and actually putting that up. I'm just going to say that right now. I'll say <laughs> no, I, that and I'll stick to it and I'll buy it and I'll go ahead and uh, I'll take care of that. I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'll definitely buy one as well, Gerald. And actually, uh, Magic Man, uh, since you're the resident uh, historian here, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as Dylan Brooks's comments on LeBron, obviously commenting on his age and whatnot, I, although LeBron has had other players go at him throughout his career, I, I don't think I've, I could remember another player, especially that much younger than LeBron, going at LeBron in the public eye as much as Dylan Brooke has. Is that, am I right on that? You know what? That's probably true just based on volume, Nick. He did go back and forth with Deshaun Stevenson um, with the Wizards, but I mean, we're and talking the, about the rap song. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know. that was like 15 years ago, th- though. But like, Lance ever present, more on the court. It was, it was, it was more about trying to be just a, a pest. Yes, a blowing, <laughs> blowing, uh, sweet ear. nothings into LeBron's ear. Yes, Joe. But yeah, no, you're right, Nick. Based on the volume of attention that don't like. Dil- the funny thing is, to me, Dylan Brooks is the one who has LeBron on the brain, not the other way around. I don't think LeBron thinks about Dylan Brooks in terms of this series. Uh, and I think I think he's know, thinking more about Triple J. Yes, because yes. he, he has not looked yes. good against Triple J. Yes, because at least with the the Warriors and the the Grizzlies, Clay Thompson referred to Triple J as a bum. He at least he he acknowledged Triple J's presence. Um, he once said 
I don't think anybody will ever ask about Dylan Brooks after he retires. So yeah. that was that was kind of a kind of a shot to the right to the kisser. Um, but I think that's true. I, I agree with Gerald. I think LeBron is more focused on how we maneuver Triple J out of uh, an integral part of the Grizzlies defense rather than Dylan Brooks. And that's just the truth, Dylan. Sorry. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That seems to me like something that is possible, something that could happen. Whether you're introduced to a character or a location or something that will tie it to the new movies coming. But it's still Ray from The Last Skywalker. Right. That but it could be the new Jedi for the new movies that you're talking about, for the new branch that's going to grow yeah. out of it. Yeah, come, on, talking, oh, come on, Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, got to attach it all at some place or it's disjointed uh, and it doesn't on. make any sense. Come, come on. Come on. <laughs> it is going to make a sense because you can say it's a long time ago. That scroll at the beginning of every Star Wars movie sets up everything for you. Come on. Come on. Come on. They make you read the recap instead of showing it to you. That's the difference. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Two last things I want to cover that are NBA related before we head on out and get some final thoughts for you guys on game three. Uh, we may actually do a snack pack tomorrow. We'll see as far as based on you know, it's or maybe during the afternoon. We'll see on that, but definitely uh, going to go ahead for the post game. And of course, right here on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Nick, I want to ask you this. And I know Magic Man in Toronto is really going to be uh, probably commenting on this is that we found out today that Nick Nurse is no longer the coach in Toronto. Ime Udoka and other candidates are, are already being bantied around. Of course, the same candidates are also being bantied around in Houston and Detroit as well. Your thoughts on Nick Nurse being out so soon, eh, about two, three years now since the, you know, actually, no, I'm sorry, it was before the Lakers uh, bubble. So yeah, that, that Nick Nurse won. So it's been about four years now since uh, Nick Nurse won the title for the Toronto Raptors. Maybe a little bit too soon, or have they had enough Nick Nurse? I think it's too soon, Gerald. Um, I think uh, just drawing on our own experience as Laker fans and watching Darvin Ham's 
irregular performance to say the least throughout this season. I think we've come to really appreciate how difficult it is to find a good, stable NBA coach. We know that the obviously the Toronto Raptors, um, you know, they won the championship and Nick Nurse was a rookie head coach. Granted, he had a roster that was uh, very much uh, NBA championship built. But nonetheless, I think Nick Nurse is obviously a competent NBA coach. I think he was a stable presence in the locker room. And I think it was, uh, you know, a bad call to let him go. But I don't think there's going to be a shortage of teams that are going to be calling uh, Nick uh, to, you know, take the helm at whatever next team he may end up in. Thing I want to ask you, Sean, on this being in Toronto right now, as this is happening and it's so funny because Laker Nick pointed that out as well, as far as what's going on with this whole thing, because Nick nurse will not lack for job opportunities uh, rest assured because he has that pedigree. But the thing is, it is that pedigree is the fact he won a championship. Frank Vogel, who's now being considered, his name is now being dropped for some other of these jobs, uh, including Houston. He's already been named for that as a possible candidate. Mm-hmm. He has a title. Nick nurse has a title. Job security doesn't come along with winning a title anymore, does it? No, not at all, Gerald. Not at all. And and not on the college level either, as we've seen with Kevin Ollie and uh, Ed Ogeron. Winning a title does not Man, mean... Man, USC you... blew it at Ogeron. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, that, that's true. We digress, though. Conversation yeah. for another pod, but yeah. well said, Gerald. I agree. But yeah, there, like... It is a different time. It used to be when a coach won a championship, he automatically got that three to five year extension. And there, there was going to be no real peeps about any kind of, of trouble with job security within, you know, at least two of those years. But as we've seen, Gerald, the pressure just ratchets up a little bit more when you do have that pedigree as winning a title. It's, it's now expected or the expectations are thrusted upon you to be an expectation of winning a title. And you know what, Gerald? I think that someone like Nick Nurse, who's very adept at uh, changing on the fly, uh, using whatever techniques, tools he has in his belt to try and, and get his guys over the line, his tactical uh, approach to in-game adjustments is top-notch. But you know what, Gerald? Sometimes leadership styles are, are different with some guys. And I, I just might, me personally, through through watching not just uh, other NB teams, but the Lakers, it just seems that oftentimes a voice doesn't have the same kind of respect uh, or after around four or five years than it did when the the coach first got there. And I think some young people, especially young guys, um, you know, if they're not down with what, uh, what the philosophy is and what the, the coach is trying to preach, they'll just tune them out. And we've seen it drilled. If, if you have a mutiny on your hands in a locker room, it it's, it doesn't end well for the coach. They're usually the ones who go to the gallows, not the players. One thing I want to ask you, Nick, is the sixth man of the year award was announced. Malcolm Brogdon won it from Boston. Uh, do you think he earned it? I had him second behind Emmanuel quickly, personally. Your thoughts on man of the year award for the NBA? 
Yeah, Gerald, I actually also had Emmanuel quickly as uh, taking it. You know, Malcolm Brogdon, though, he's a, you know, he's a steady player. Um, you know, I think he's a, a good fit off the bench for that team. And, you know, ultimately, I think it was a decent choice, although um, I would have uh, gone for Emmanuel quickly. I think Magic Man also had IQ5 on his uh, his list. So, um, yeah, for, for us, I mean, I think uh, Emmanuel was robbed. Magic Man, your thoughts on this? We've talked about this before for Six Man of the Year. We were we were thinking Emmanuel quickly, uh, yep. but Malcolm Brogdon, I think from the Boston East Coast bias and with the reporters there, I think that's why he won. Yeah, I agree 100%, Gerald, 100%. Um, both equally good seasons. However, I will say this. Uh, the Knicks needed IQ to start a few games, and so traditionally a lot of like Boston fans will say, oh, well, you know, quickly doesn't exactly deserve the six man because, well, no, he does because a true six man is able to come into the starting lineup when it's required and go back to the bench when, uh, when everybody's at full health. Lamar, Lamar played a number of games as a starter the year he won six man. Manu Ginobili has done it. So, yes, Gerald, I agree with you. I think this is East Coast, Boston bias with Bob Ryan, Jackie McMullen, Dan Shaughnessy, and the rest of the Beantown bunch kind of conglomerating their 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 power and, and putting Brogdon over the finish line. I had IQ first and Brogdon second. Uh, as did I, my friend. I think most everybody on the panel also had the same thing as well. But before we head on out, Nick, I want to go ahead and bring it back to you, my friend, real quick. When it comes to tonight's games, any thoughts? Uh, Adam's asking for upsets. He actually already has the Atlanta Hawks winning in game three. And if they don't win game three, that series is over. But Boston has dominated the first two games. I don't see a victory for Atlanta personally. Uh, but I do see a possible upset with Cleveland in uh, as far as Madison Square, uh, Madison Square Garden, MSG. I think we'll see a, a possible victory for Cleveland tonight if, if New York is not careful. But I do think there will be an upset, uh, an upset for Minnesota tonight against Denver. Gerald, uh, you know, obviously being Laker fans, I would love to see the Boston Celtics lose tonight, but. Uh, unfortunately, I think uh, Boston is probably going to sweep that series. Um, I do think that uh, the Knicks could uh, possibly beat the Cavaliers. Um, and, I think uh, that's going to be close either which way. Yeah, it's a it's a close one. And and Gerald, uh, yeah, I mean uh, the Denver Minnesota series. I mean it could get interesting. Unfortunately, I actually see Denver beating them. Um, I don't know. I just don't see uh, Minnesota, especially. You know, I don't know. I just don't see them having the chemistry to uh, to beat Denver. Uh, but you know, anything could happen. Well, that's a very astute of you as well. I just, I just don't know if we're going to get two straight forty-plus games. You know, from Murray, which is what they needed uh, to go ahead and and win that last game was a good, great performance from him. He says he's back. He's better than ever. Things are great looking for, you know, up for him. So we'll see what happens with Murray, if he's going to continue to be more than just bubble Murray. And, you know, we saw the explosive game from him like we haven't seen before the knee injury. So we'll see from there. But Magic Man, any comments on tonight's game? MSG is going to be rocking first 
playoff game of any consequence in front of a home crowd in 10 plus years, my friend. Yes, Gerald, it's going to be loud, like extremely loud. I I know the Cavs have some guys with uh, playoff experience, for, but for the most part, none of these dudes have ever been in a burn that's going to be this loud. And uh, you know, as well as I do, Gerald, a young team, uh, you know, fresh, fresh off uh, a big win. The sparks might be flying, but you got to have that organ in between your ears working faster than your 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 legs right now because that's what the Knicks want you to do. They want you to come out, get discombobulated uh, in transition, and, uh, you know, you can't leave Jalen Brunson any room where he thinks he can – provide his team with oxygen Gerald so I, I I'm with you I expect a really close game again hopefully we get more of a balanced game from from game two rather than what we saw in game one which was uh, a throwback to the 1996 Knicks and Indiana Pacers uh, where ever bodies are just flying all over the place now hopefully, that's in Brooklyn yes yeah <laughs> That was touche, yes. So I'm hoping for a good game there. Um, and I'm with you, Gerald. I, you know, Jamal Murray has uh, has really stepped up his game in the playoffs. Um, a third better as a scorer. Um, he's a better facilitator. He's averaging more rebounds in the playoffs. So he's really putting forth his best effort when the games are on the line. I don't know what to make of the Minnesota Timberwolves at this point, ladies and gentlemen. I think we saw the best of both worlds from them in the playing game where they tried their hardest to defeat the Lakers and it just didn't happen. Gerald, I'm I'm interested. Do you do you think possibly this might be the, the last couple games we see where there's a pairing between Rudy Gobert and Kat? Uh, this could be a possibility because then if they they go out in four games, I think they'll they'll explore those possibilities when it comes to cat. But we'll see what happens uh, tonight. Uh, some great games on tap. Looking forward to it. Laker Nick, can you provide me some final thoughts, my friend, on the Lakers? I do want to mention that uh, that came up already on Twitter. Ramona Shelburne reported that John Morant was a full participant in practice today. He's listed as questionable. I expect him to play in game three, unless I hear otherwise. We'll report it, though, on at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. Any thoughts on the Lakers in game three before we head on out? Uh, yeah, Gerald, um, just uh, very quickly, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, we need uh, Austin Reeves to have a better game than he did in game two. And absolutely, Anthony Davis needs to have more than uh, four main shots. I think he went four for 14 in the last game and he just can't be that inefficient. And, uh, and to close it off, obviously big shout outs just to the Lakers fast break. Uh, I just saw that you guys are closing in on 600 subscribers. Um, Sean, I know that you've been uh, doing a lot of uh, legwork recently. So uh, big shout outs to you and Gerald uh, for uh, steering the shit. Thank you, Nick. Uh, you're awesome as always. We love having you on our shows uh, and also on our playback. You give such great insight. It's like you know, Sean, I think it's like Nick is like the balance. He's like the Zen between, you know, you got, you got Joe doing his ranting and his raving. 
You've got you with your storytelling. And sometimes you want to be like Joe and go ranting and raving. Me, I go screaming with my high voice everywhere and, and just say, you know, all of those crazy things that I do. And then you have Stone with the deep analysis. And, and uh, you know, you have Laker Tom with the extreme positivity, no matter what the, the situation is. And then you have Laker Nick right there as the balance between everybody right there. A hundred percent. I agree, Joe. I agree. I'm not sure whether it's just Nick's uh, just regular persona or whether he's worked on it through uh, through trial and error. But uh, yeah, Nick is like this, ladies and gentlemen. He is so even keeled. I've never heard Nick uh, raise his voice like in terms of like excitement or or. agony at all as a fan he's just very even keeled and yeah it's a perfect compliment to uh to what we got going on Absolutely. i agree so make sure you check out playback.tv South sacred fast break pmc that's always up to him no guarantees on that you know if you i just felt so glad to have his voice here you know if he doesn't want to show his face that's okay we were always hoping we were always hoping that joe sorrel wouldn't show his face and you know you know just he did anyway, so you know the show's still getting the subs, you know the subs and the subscribers. So we're good on that one. So, yep, absolutely. Look, he, what he does it on playbook, and he, you know, we can't see his face, yeah, but he can see ours. It's kind of yes. a he kind oh, of Joe, a, absolutely. Yes, yeah. On the weekends, he's always at some kid's party. Yeah, for some reason, yeah, he's always he's, at a child's party when we're watching a game on a Saturday yeah. or Sunday. So, Nick, don't worry about it, my friend. We just always love having you here. PMC, don't, you know, don't worry about PMC. I'm not, we're, we just want you back on the show constantly, my friend. You know, whether or not you want to share your face, no worries. I mean, we, 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 you know, we allow Joe to show his face. That's up to him as well. So, yeah. And, and big shout outs to PMC. I've noticed that they've uh, been in the chat for, for a very long time. Oh, PMC is awesome. Awesome, Nick. Uh, As are you, my friend, PMC. He's the PMC, petting my cat, is the leader of Team Replay. Hashtag Team Replay, indeed. But it is Magic Man, Sean Grice, Laker Nick, Nick Molina, from our playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break, hoping he will be more part of our Lakers snack packs and Magic Man in the mornings going forward. Just love to hear what he has to say as far as his analysis. Petting my cat says, yes, sir. Nick, salute. We love PMC. Absolutely. We love also as well. We love Adam, Daniel, all the great crew normally that's here. Hassan's here. Great having you here also as well. Got to make sure we give love. Absolutely. The best of love to some of our great fans as well. Tears of joy. We got to go ahead and give a big shout out to Blue Magic. Blue Magic is such a great supporter. He is a long time great supporter of the Lakers fast break. And we are truly appreciative of everyone Joshua Deeds, you know how incredible you are, man. Appreciate all the love that you give to us on Facebook and Twitter. Also love that as well. So we truly appreciate all the support. We're looking for positivity, and we got some on today's show, and we're looking for more of that tomorrow. We'll see if we can do a snack pack, but definitely I'm going to be available tomorrow for the playback.tv slash break. We'll see what we can do about a snack pack for tomorrow, but definitely playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. And of course the best post game tomorrow night. It's a late one folks. It's going to be around nine 30 ish on a Saturday night. You might be doing stuff with the fam. You might be going to the movies, going out. 
pull over to the curb, turn on YouTube, and check us out right here tomorrow night at the Lakers Fast Break.